Welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people making an impact in the fresh produce sector. We'll take a deep dive into what they do and find out how they're helping to reduce the amount of food lost or wasted along the farm to fork journey. But before we get started, did you know that according to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, around 45% of the world's fruits and vegetables go to waste each year? If you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a part of the industry or simply a consumer, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today. Now, time for your host, Alex Mospanyuk. Hi there, my name is Alex Mospanyuk and welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people of interest across the food supply chain. Today on our show, I am joined by Jaime LT from FarmWise. FarmWise creates innovative systems and processes that allows farmers to streamline operation and overall increase food production efficiency. It's interesting stuff. So with no further delays, let's get started. Jaime, hi, how are you today? Hey, Alex. Good morning. Doing well. Oh, good to hear. Where are you currently? I am currently in Salinas, California, or at our headquarters. Oh, amazing. Okay, cool. Well, before we get into it, just uh, wanted to give you the opportunity to tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then while you're at it, maybe a fun fact that not many people know. Sure. So my name is Jaime LT. I am currently the head of commercial operations at FarmWise. Um, and let's see, something interesting about myself, I guess. Um, I'm left-handed. I was born in Chile, and I have a twin sister. Okay. Well, those are all three very interesting things. So what was your favorite thing about Chile? Do you get to visit often? or Not as often as I'd like, but yeah, I think um, what I love about Chile is just how diverse it is. You've got you know, a warm Mediterranean climate in the, in the central coast, just like California. Mm-hmm. Then you have obviously Patagonia in the southern range, and uh, one of the driest deserts in the world in the northern part of the country. So as a, as a nature lover and you know uh it's a it's a great country as well as you know on the agriculture side as well yeah right all right well hey look on that note let's talk from to fork so continuing on from telling us what you do tell us a little bit more about how your company and the product works what the purpose is and where it operates inside of the food supply chain sure um so at farmwise you know we on a high level we currently create intelligent farm technology our our current line of products focuses on mechanical weeding of specialty crops at the moment so you know, we're definitely working mostly specialty crops in the Salinas Valley at the moment, lettuces, you know, brassicas, cold crops, um, and, and also looking at other, other crops, but currently at the weeding stage of the growth cycle. Okay. All right. That's awesome. And so do you have competitors out there currently and how does your tech separate you from them? Yeah. So great question. Um, so aside from the technical aspects of our product, you know, in which we leverage machine learning and artificial intelligence, um, I would say that another differentiator is our business model. So we work closely with growers using a service model, and this kind of allows us to constantly improve and iterate while maintaining a direct line of communication with the end user. Um, this really has allowed us to pivot in ways that would not be possible if we were you know, selling equipment or you know, relying on other people to procure the equipment for us. Um, and you know, it's ultimately led to a more advanced product and, and superior results. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that from your website. And just on a personal note, how did you get into the industry? Have you always wanted to be in agriculture? What was the journey about on that one? Yeah, so growing up in Chile, I, I grew up around agriculture. Uh, family was in agriculture. And then, you know, I moved to Salinas um, in middle school 
and obviously yeah. was surrounded by agriculture. Uh, Salinas produces a you know seventy to eighty percent of the the country's lettuce production, and a, a also wow. a, a good percentage of the world's lettuce production. So it was it was pretty clear early on. Okay, that's so cool. And so, what's the biggest challenge that you've had with your product so far, and how are you and the team planning to overcome it? Great question. So, given our market, which is you know specialty crop market um, at the moment. We need we need an extremely dynamic system that can rapidly adapt to you know different types of crops configurations. So on any given day, we can be you know weeding from five to seven different crops, right? So I would say the biggest challenge has been building a system that can adapt to those different crops while at the same time meeting the the inherent timing or the timing demands that are inherent to farming at an industrial level, right? So that's 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 brought on a unique set of challenges. Um, we're definitely solving this by tackling it as an engineering and design challenge. But that's, you know, something we consider to be one of our core competencies as a company. So yeah, absolutely. It's been definitely a great, uh, a good challenge and also a good differentiator as well. Okay. And so what was the biggest surprise that you found in working inside of the tech industry in relation to fruits and vegetables? And why was that the biggest surprise? I wouldn't say it's a surprise as someone who's been working in ag but i think from an outsider's point of view ag has a reputation for being like very change resistant mm-hmm. um yeah. i find that to be a huge misconception i think farmers um are engineers and innovators by nature um it's yeah. it's in their dna so they're always adapting in order to you know survive and and they're always they're having to adapt to you know whether it's uh, regulatory issues or 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 climate change or um trends consumer demands etc cetera, etc cetera. there's they're they're very adaptable it's a very adaptable uh, uh you know industry and and i think yeah i think that's uh that's a big misconception out there okay that is so interesting and so do you think in terms of how technology is disrupting industry after industry and now it's kind of headed for agriculture um do you think farmers are open to involving technology and having it automate the majority of their processes yeah, I think if you look at farmers, they've always been innovators. I mean, they've always been modifying, inventing um, equipment. Uh, but in general, yeah, I think farmers are more open now to automating some processes because of you know labor shortages. Uh, I think that's yeah. been a, a massive driver for for growers to take up innovation. But even prior to that, there's always been innovation uh, taking place in farming uh, since the beginning of times. I love that. That is so cool. And so what is currently one of the biggest pain points or blind spots that you see in the industry? Um, definitely labor. From a high level, we're facing a major labor shortage um, in an industry that's extremely dependent on labor, right? And so we have, I think that's uh, definitely multifactorial. You're looking at, you know, some political issues, which, you know, um, immigration is one of them. Um, higher access to education, uh, better paying jobs, um, things like that. So I think, you know, labor is by far the, yeah, the biggest pain point. Okay. All right. Interesting. And so what measures do you think could potentially combat this? Is technology the answer to that labor shortage? I think absolutely. So I think what we're undertaking at here at FarmWise is a great example. So we're optimizing certain tasks, uh, such as weeding at the moment, for example, which opens the door f- to make more labor, uh, labor available somewhere else, right? The goal here isn't necessarily to replace humans, but it's, it's just to optimize certain tasks that are a better fit for automation. And, and that kind of allows you know farmers to shift their focus elsewhere. Yeah, I think also that's a, a big misconception that automation is here to replace labor. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think automation optimizes labor. 
and allows you know people to move up into higher paid, more scaled positions, and and really encourages a, a new wave of you know of a workforce to come out of this. Um, yeah. So with that being said, I think a lot of processes that are very very human, capital intensive, and time intensive can be optimized by labor, and that can really shift the focus uh, for people to focus on other things. Yeah. Okay. That is so interesting. Thank you. And so. What about the COVID pandemic? Um, how has that had an effect on your day-to-day operations? Yeah, so I would say overall, it's hard to say it's had a positive effect on the day-to-day operations, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, given the suffering that it caused, you know, people worldwide. But I, I think if there's a silver lining to the pandemic is that it opened people's eyes as to the necessity of optimizing and automating some of the, the labors, right? Yeah. And um how important it is to have systems in place in case, you know, resources become limited, such as when the pandemic hit, definitely. With farm labor, you're you're talking about, you know, people working closely together in the same environment, whether it's on a harvester or on a weeding crew. And obviously that wasn't possible during the pandemic. Um, Transportation of, of, of such people also became very difficult during the pandemic. So I think it definitely opened some people's eyes as to the the value of having alternate resources when when an event like this happened. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, when it comes to food loss and sustainability, what's the biggest area in your world that you're most curious about right now? Yeah, I would say certainly how we can scale our technology to other crops and commodities. Um, our goal is for our products application to be as wide and, and large as possible. So you know, we're constantly looking at other regions and other number of crops um, that we, we feel we can help growers in. Um, so this is something that we're constantly researching. Awesome. All right. And so on the back of my last question, is there any type of innovation in the industry right now that you're currently very excited about? Yeah, I mean, I think overall, there's a lot to be excited about as automation and technology keep evolving. Um, I think there's some 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 really you know, interesting things happening out there with, with some of the technology that's, you know, that you're seeing with carbon sequestration and things like that. I think it's still early to tell if it's, um, you know, if it's the real deal. But I think if you look at what, you know, Terraton Initiative is doing, um, Indigo Ag, for example, in which they're trying to, you know, sequester a trillion tons of uh, carbon from the atmosphere to bring levels to um pre-industrial revolution levels is, is very interesting. Um, like I said, I think some of those things still need to be validated and we're in the early days. Um, but that's definitely something that, uh, that could be a, a game changer uh, to undoing some of the damage that, that, you know, we've done in the last century or so. Yeah. And then you have to look at harvesting. Um, harvesting automation is something that is evolving. Um, it's, it's taken time, but it's, it's something to keep an eye out for as that's where a lot of the labor shortage issues are, are affecting growers, shippers and, and producers. Yeah, of course. And um, just a bonus question. In terms of your product, what's the most exciting accomplishment that you and your team have been able to do in terms of helping maybe automate processes? Are there any interesting statistics or case studies um, that you currently have out there? Yeah, again, I'll, I'll go back to how dynamic our product is. You know, the fact that we've been able to localize a stem on various plant types, uh, varieties, and, 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 and things from celery to broccoli to lettuces. Um, I think another thing too is you know how we've been able to look at ways in which we can leverage data to help growers make better decisions while at the same time you know reducing inputs and not just you know relying on 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 data points but at, but at the same time executing an actionable you know task such as weeding is something that uh, that yeah we're we're pretty proud of 
Amazing. And and what is something that you wish you would have known when you began your career? Uh, so I, I can't say I have many regrets in that regard. Um, yeah. Because, you know, every, everything works out as it should and, and it, it, it's led to here. But I think if I could go back in time and, you know, given myself some advice when I was younger, right out of college, it would have been to to been a better listener, um, especially in the early years. Oh, I like that. And, and why listening specifically? I think it's a very difficult skill to master. Um, that's why there's probably so many written books about it, but it's probably one of the most important skills when it comes to learning. And I yeah, think, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so as we come to a close, I just wanted to ask, what is the number one takeaway that you really want our listeners to absorb from this episode? Well, let's see. Um, I think, you know, food production can be expensive, uh, especially if done in a way that kind of meets sustainability standards and regulations. So Mm -hmm. I think one really important thing to kind of drive home is that, you know, even though, you know, vegetables, fruits, and things like that can be can be a little bit more expensive than other foodstuffs. I think that it's important for consumers to understand, you know, that by supporting the fresh products industry, you're you're also supporting a more sustainable future. Um, yeah, the 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 produce industry in the United States is you know very regulated. It takes a lot of work to adhere to these regulations, and 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 growers, producers are are stewards of the land, and and so. Yeah, by by supporting the, this industry, you're also you know uh, doing good for the environment. That's so great. Well, Jaime, thank you so so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Alex. Well, that's all for today's episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Jaime LT, for joining me today. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode, and don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. So until next time, you've been listening to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, a post harvest podcast. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a supplier, consumer, or anyone in between the farm to fork journey, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today.